Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. I know this is a topic that we have addressed more than once on this show, but this idea of the covenant path concept as it's taught by leaders in the LDS Church is something that has been repeated continuously, especially in recent years. Now, we're going to find out today as we continue going through Dale G. Renlund's conference message titled Accessing God's Power Through Covenants, and this can be found in the May 2023 edition of the Leahona Magazine. This was a conference message that he gave in April of 2023. And he's talking about the covenant path. Now we're to the point where he's going to ask the question, what the term covenant path actually refers to. What does he say there, Eric? The term covenant path refers to a series of covenants whereby we come to Christ and connect to him. Through this covenant bond, we have access to his eternal power. The path begins with faith in Jesus Christ and repentance, followed by baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ showed us how to enter the path when he was baptized. Now, we need to consider something here. If entering this covenant path begins with baptism, and you are not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it means that you have not been baptized by someone who they feel has the authority to do so. Remember, this has everything to do with priesthood authority. And of course, priesthood authority is a phrase that's common in LDS theology. That is a prerequisite. You must be baptized by someone who has this priesthood authority. A Latter-day Saint would argue that if you belong to another church, it's nice that you believe in Jesus. It's nice that you are trying to live a Christ-like life, but that isn't good enough as far as they are concerned priesthood authority is everything. And according to their view, after Christ and his apostles died, eventually the church went into a state of apostasy. And one of the things that was lost in this great apostasy was priesthood authority. We cannot overlook that because when Latter-day Saints try to, I guess you could say, patronize us and say, well, we're all Christians— we're really not, if they're going to be consistent with their theology, because we can't have this necessary Holy Spirit. You only get that if you are a member of the LDS Church. So when we see this term covenant path refers to a series of, covenant, a series of covenants whereby we come to Christ and connect to him, we have to have faith in Jesus Christ. This would be the Jesus of Mormonism. And there have been conference messages explaining exactly who the Jesus of Mormonism is, and he's not the Jesus that we would recognize in the New Testament. He says, we have to follow by baptism and receive the Holy Ghost. Remember, your baptism and whatever you think you're filled with can't be the same Holy Ghost. So technically, we do not have a positive claim on being Christians, even though 
many Latter-day Saints have probably tried to comfort you by saying, well, yeah, you're a Christian, but they're probably thinking in their own mind, but we're actually the real Christians. Renlund goes on to say, we become his disciples and represent him well when we intentionally and incrementally take on ourselves the name of Jesus Christ through covenants. I think that confirms what I just said, does it not, Eric? We become his disciples and represent him well when we intentionally and incrementally take on ourselves the name of Jesus Christ through covenants. Now, if you're a New Testament Christian who's taken on the name of Christ, but you haven't made these covenants, then how would you really qualify in this context? What does he go on to say? Our covenants give us power to stay on the covenant path because our relationship with Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father has changed. We are connected to them by a covenantal bond. Well, let me stop you there because I'm a little bit confused. If our covenants give us power to stay on the covenant path because our relationship with Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father has changed, why is it that so many Latter-day Saints seem to be getting off the covenant path? If they are on the covenant path, then they have this, this power, this relationship with Jesus, then why is it they have to renew their covenants when they partake of the sacrament every Sunday in church? When we talk to Latter-day Saints and we talk about repentance, they say they repent quite often, which is kind of a good thing when you think about it in one regard, because it shows that they're at least cognizant of their shortcomings. But it's kind of bad in another way, because according to Mormonism, if you're keeping your covenants, you shouldn't be repenting. There's no need for you to repent because you're keeping your covenant, which means you are keeping the commandments that you made a covenant to keep. It almost seems like circular reasoning, Bill, because what it says here, our covenants give us power to stay on the covenant path. I'm not quite sure how making a promise that you're going to keep God's commandments is going to give you any kind of power to stay on the covenant path. It's not based on your promise. It's based on your obedience to the commandments you promised to keep. And please don't get us wrong. We are not criticizing the aspect where Latter-day Saints are trying very hard to live a Christ-like life. That's not what we're criticizing. I think what we're getting here in this talk, though, is that somehow if you stay on the covenant path, you're going to get this power of some sort to stay on the covenant path. But yet, Latter-day Saints get off the covenant path all the time. And if they're going to be honest with us, they get off of it every time they sin. Because you remember, the covenant is to keep the commandments, and you're supposed to keep them explicitly. I think Rendlin has made that very clear so far in this conference message that he gives. But it seems like Latter-day Saints want to play fast and loose with this. And this is where they kind of want to come in our direction and trust in the grace of Christ that, yes, they shouldn't be getting off that path, and no, they shouldn't be sinning, but that's okay because that grace is always there. It doesn't sound like it according to what Renlin is saying here. Yesterday I gave a quote from Melvin J. Ballard, who was an apostle a hundred years ago, and what he said is that as much as Jesus would like to maybe help you out, he can help you out based on eternal law. The eternal law says 
that obedience to the commandments is going to be required. So the Latter-day Saint is in a very difficult position because they certainly would like to have grace, and like you say, they sidle up to what Christianity believes, and yeah, we like that grace, and you hear a lot more of that, especially in, in recent days, but that grace doesn't do them any good if they're not doing what they are capable of doing. According to 1 Nephi chapter 3, God doesn't give commandments that cannot be kept. If that's the case, why aren't they able to keep them? Because they're human. They're sinful human beings who, like you and me, Bill, struggle with life. Paul even struggled if you read the book of Romans. And so keeping the commandments in Mormonism is critical to being able to get exaltation and go to the celestial kingdom. I wonder if most modern Latter-day Saints would embrace that quotation from Ballard that you read. Uh, because they always talk about he's always there, ready to help you. He's always there. He's always there. But yet Ballard didn't seem to give that impression. If you got off this path, as they understand it today, as you said, God is bound by eternal law, something that existed before he became God, and he can't really do much for you. And it seems like, well, if you can get back on the covenant path by yourself— why do you need this power that they're talking about? I don't want to misrepresent what LDS leaders have taught about this, but if I was sitting here in general conference trying to understand what I'm being told by Del Renlin, it seems like it's awfully disjointed. You tell me I've got to do this, but then if I don't do this, I can get back on no problem whatsoever. But if I get back on, I have the power really to stay on which, if that's true, why did I get off in the first place? I wonder if Latter-day Saints ever try to think it through that way. And if so, does that really give them a peace that passes all understanding as we understand the gospel of grace in the New Testament? Renlin continues in his talk, and he says, The covenant path leads to the ordinances of the temple, such as temple endowment. The endowment is God's gift of sacred covenants that connect us more fully to him. In the endowment, we covenant first to strive to keep the commandments of God, second to repent with a broken heart and contrite spirit, third to live the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do this by exercising faith in him, making covenants with God as we receive the ordinances ordinances of salvation and exaltation, keeping these covenants throughout our lives and striving to live the two great commandments to love God and neighbor. We covenant fourth to keep the law of chastity and fifth to dedicate ourselves and everything the Lord blesses us with to build up his church. Notice everything is about the Latter-day Saint. There's no grace talked about here. It's all about you making a covenant that says you're going to do what you're not capable of doing. And he uses the word striving right after he says that we're supposed to keep these, these covenants throughout our lives. Striving? Well, striving is not going to be good enough because striving has this connotation that you aren't doing everything you're supposed to do. I think you bring up a good point because oftentimes when I've heard Latter-day Saints use the word strive in a sentence, it's usually, well, it's just my desire. I'm striving. I'm, I'm desiring to do this. But notice in this very paragraph how Renlin, after he talks about striving to keep the commandments, goes on to say, that we do this by exercising faith in him, making covenants with God as we receive the ordinances of salvation and exaltation, keeping those covenants throughout our lives. Keeping the covenants. 
throughout our lives. But yet it seems like if I can use my analogy of the balance beam once again, and the balance beam being this covenant path, you've got Latter-day Saints falling off, getting back on, falling off, getting back on. How often do they do that in the course of a day? A simple answer to that would be, well, how many times do they find themselves repenting? Because that means they were off the balance beam. I think that's consistent, having to keep the commandments and the covenants that you make with uh, Doctrine and Covenants Section 1. Doctrine and Covenants Section 1 says that you need to keep the commandments. You're, you're supposed to continually do this. For I, the Lord, cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance. Nevertheless, he that repents and keeps the commandments of the Lord shall be forgiven. It seems pretty simple according to the Doctrine and Covenants, and yet it seems so convoluted when we're trying to understand what Mr. Renlin is saying. He goes on to say, by making and keeping temple covenants, there again, he's using the word keep. You have to keep them. You can't just promise it. You have to keep it. We learn more about the Lord's purposes and receive a fullness of the Holy Ghost. So here you go. Your obedience, I guess, increases the level of fullness that you have of the Holy Ghost. We receive directions for our lives. Well, as a as a non-Latter-day Saint, I believe I have direction in my life. I get it from the Word of God. I go to the New Testament, and I can see exactly what God has for me as a Christian. But he says we receive increased capacity to fulfill our purposes in mortality. We are protected from evil. Protected from evil. I want to talk about that phrase more in tomorrow's show. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.